And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Sports are back. Thank God. There's only so many episodes of Love It or Listed that I can watch on HGTV. For those of you that have been reading The Athletic throughout the pandemic, we love you, we appreciate you, and we hope you got a lot out of it. For those of you that haven't, now is the time to join. All the sports are coming back at the same time. You've got hockey, you've got baseball, you've got basketball, you've got football on the horizon, college sports, the WNBA, soccer's back, UK soccer. we got everything you could want, the best coverage, in-depth stories, breaking news, expert analysis. You've got you know great feature writers like Mark Craig and, and fun stuff from people like Sean McIndoo and breaking news from Pierre Lebrun and Ken Rosenthal and Shams. I mean, we got everything you could possibly want. So subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, the reporting, the storytelling that sets us at The Athletic apart. If you go to theathletic.com slash powers, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back. You don't want to miss this. Go to theathletic.com slash powers for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. It's not about me. I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers. I am joined by Scott Powers and I am Mark Lazarus. We are both of The Athletic. And there was a hockey game last night for the first time since... I think dinosaurs roamed the earth. We got to watch a hockey game last night, and it was an exhibition, and the Blues weren't really trying, but it was hockey, and uh, frankly, the Blackhawks looked pretty good. What would you think, Scott? Yeah, it's uh, it's really weird watching games from home and then trying to report on them and then having press conference, and the whole, uh, yeah, the whole situation is strange doing it this way, but there was hockey. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I know that people say the Blues weren't trying, but this I, I think these games are important to them, too. They... they they want to get going, and this was Tarasenko's first chance to get on the ice. And um, regardless of whatever level the Blues are competing at, the, the, the Blackhawks look good. I thought uh, a lot of things that they need to get going right that they got right. I thought their you know defensive zone play was was good. Um, you know they created some scoring chances. They are really good on the special teams, and that's going to be a huge area against Edmonton. And then probably most importantly right now is Corey Crawford looked like Corey Crawford. Um, you have a few more days to get him some more reps and get his timing on, but he was. Uh, he looked comfortable for a period and a half, and you know didn't allow any goals. Made some, made some easy saves. Uh, you know, hard saves make look easy. And um, yeah, overall, I, I thought it was uh, it was a good first. Uh, unfortunately, this is the only test they get, but it's it was a good first pre up to the uh, the Edmonton series. 
Yeah, I mean, you really couldn't have scripted it any better. I mean, even the pe- the penalty kill, which is going to be so crucial against that ridiculous Oilers power play, uh, killed all four Blues power plays, uh, allowed just two shots on goal total in those four power plays. Uh, these are the things you want to see. I mean, there were there were you know ups and downs and, and and ebbs and flows in the game, but for the most part, they dominated the game. It was an exhibition, but they dominated. Dominic Kubalik picked up where he left off. He had a couple of power play goals in the third period. Uh, Saad Taves Kubalik was reunited. That's the line that we've been harping on since. Uh, since the original training camp almost a year ago now, um, I don't know what I, I don't know if this was some kind of long con that Jeremy Colleton was playing by having Kubalik with Doc and Kajula throughout training camp, and then all of a sudden in the exhibition game, uh, he, he's back up there with Sod and Taze. I'm not exactly sure what that's about. Afterward, he said, "Well, we just wanted to be able to be comfortable on many lines, which I guess makes sense. But it's a short series. You don't want to be tinkering. You want things to work right off the bat." And Sod Taze Kubalik, while not as quite as effective as Kubalik Taves Kane is probably the best first line they have because it allows them to spread that out with the top six. Um, you met, you wrote about Alex Dabrinka too, and now having him on the third line is probably the better fit for him. Yeah, and, and I, I thought, you know, that Colleton kind of went with the lines that he ended the, you know, the pause with. And um, and now, you know, I, from the scrimmages, I mean, there's scrimmages and there's not contact, but I, I didn't think that, uh, you know, the top line was showing a lot, probably wasn't getting Dabrinka enough opportunities, wasn't really unleashing Kuba League. Um, and, and so I, I think that maybe with some time and kind of some just thought, you know, from what they could even see in the scrimmages, that it made sense to kind of revert to to what it was. And the fact that, that line, you know, both those lines had some success against Edmonton, and um, and then you know that, that I think there's some worry about defensively what that second line is going to give you. But yesterday they even, you know, they, they had a little four four check pressure and it creates a you know Kane setting up Strom and um, and, and then a big story too was just the continued giving Doc more and more, they put him on the penalty kill. Now he's at the net uh, on the power play. And, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sees a lot of dry sidle in, in the series too. And um, he, he seems, um, and this is not even them just kind of, you know, trying to increase his low, but I think that it's more about even confidence not believing that he can uh, fulfill, fulfill those responsibilities. Yeah, I mean, the, the reason that he stayed in the NHL wasn't because of his offensive abilities. That's because early on he showed that he could hang defensively. That's not something you're used to seeing from a highly touted 18-year-old forward. You expect to see all the skill and none of the defense. But right away, he showed that he was responsible defensively, played a 200-foot game, could hold his own against a, a good opponents, and that's kind of why he stuck around. And that's how he started earning more of Jeremy Colleton's trust over the year. And now to see him, you know, he had that great camp after the, you know, he worked real hard during the pause, clearly. Had that great camp. Brent Seabrook said he was the best player on the ice, which was hard to argue with. Um, he's adding some of that offense to that defense. But it is that defense, that all-around game that really separated him throughout the season. So that, it's interesting to see him on the penalty kill, to see him get a bigger role. If, it, if, it's, if he's going to get a chance to match up against Leon Dreisaitl, who's going to win the Hart Trophy this year, I mean, that's, that's a huge leap in a, in a playoff situation for a 19-year-old kid. Uh, it, it's really encouraging if you're a Blackhawks fan that he's giving, g- being given these opportunities, let alone whether he succeeds in them. You don't think Panarin's going to win the Hart? Um, I, I don't think Dreisaitl should win the heart. McKinnon should win the heart. And Panarin should be number two, and Hellebuck should be number three, and I'm giving away my ballot here. Uh, <laughs> Dreisaitl does not play defense. He's a phenomenal player, and all you want out of him is to him score points. But uh, it's hard for me to put a, a, an MVP when he's playing on the same team as Connor McDavid. Yeah. No, I, I think Panarin should win the heart, so that's my say. Um, but uh, it, and, and the other thing is the Oilers are feeling good about themselves too. You know, it's It's only one game for both, but... I think there was something to be, you know, something gained or, or lost from these games. You know, if the Blackhawks had got 
gotten smoked by the Blues as they had in the past. Um, I think they feel a little bit differently than over these next two days and maybe a bit of a panic preparing for Edmonton. But Edmonton's in the same position where both their goalies are pretty good. Um, you know, David scored two goals. He's he's playing at a high level, and he's you know he's still McDavid, and uh, they look pretty good too. So I think I think that's an element too, where you know both these teams probably going to go into that that first game with some confidence. And um, there, there's so much made about you know it's being a best of five and how this first game is is vital. And and I and I get it for you know the, to an extent, but it, I, I don't know how much that the first game is going to determine. And, and maybe there's some statistics to back this up. You know what game one means in a best of five series, but um, I, I feel like there's going to be some feeling out and 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 especially. Not having you know games leading up to this, I don't think the type of level of play or even you know just how teams feel or look are going to it'll probably evolve as the series goes on. Yeah, I mean it, it's it, game one is going to be huge. I mean, if you fall down one zero in a series, you have to win three of the next four. It's the same thing as falling down two zero in a series. It's I think it is going to be. I think you're right that there's going to be a feeling out, but whoever wins that game is going to have a huge leg up going forward. And there, you know, especially with these young guys on on both teams, there's not a lot of playoff experience on either of these teams. The Blackhawks have their Taves, Kane, Keith, and Crawford and Sod. But the rest of the team is basically going into the playoffs for the first time. Alex Dabrinkit's never been in the playoffs. Dylan Strome's never been in the playoffs. We think of these guys as veterans now, but they're still kids, and they've never done this before. And Edmonton only has one year of playoff appearance in the last, like, what, 10, 12 years, something like that? So uh, there's not a lot of experience here, and there is going to be a sense that their nerves are going to play into this. If you fall behind 1-0 in that series and realize, oh, shit, we got to win three of the next four or we're out already, I think that, that that's going to weigh on these guys more than it would – uh, on a more veteran team and in a longer series. So I think that game one is going to be absolutely crucial, which is why it was so encouraging to see Corey Crawford. Now, granted, he wasn't tested that much, but he looked fine. He was moving. He was, you know, what 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 makes Corey Crawford such a good goalie is his puck tracking. He doesn't make those ridiculously athletic Dominic Hasek, Robin Leonard type saves because he's always in the right position. Every puck seems to hit him in the chest. That's the mark of a great goaltender. And every puck was hitting him in the chest last night. So that's encouraging that even though he's only gotten on the ice a few times, he's already starting to feel comfortable. He's feeling puck now and you know the hope is that by Saturday he's good to go how much do you think you know when I think of playoff games I think of just the atmosphere and a lot of the dramas built up by you know the crowd and have not having that I, I it just I can feel the tension and you know like I think of like the, even the last time the Blackhawks and the Blues played in the playoffs and just the tension those are, are are in overtimes and you know just those do or die moments that I wonder without that if if it's just it's the same feeling. Yeah, it's going to be weird, especially I mean, like for for the guys who've been through this again, for the Taves, Kane, Keith, Crawford, Sod type guys. I wonder how they're going to handle that. For the young guys, I mean, they've only heard about those experiences. They haven't actually. I feel like they they must feel like they're getting cheated almost a little bit. Like they finally get like on the one hand, they're given a gift that they're even in the playoffs, but on the other hand, they're not getting the real playoff experience. They're not getting that authentic playoff experience, and uh, it is going to be weird. But you know. I thought they did a pretty good job. The game presentation last night, you know, the the the, the fake crowd noise and it wasn't overbearing. Uh, the, it looked good on TV. The players didn't seem. I mean, I always think that the crowd is kind of, and I hate to say this, but a little overplayed. By you know, every player wants to talk about how they have the greatest fans in the world, and 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 they certainly appreciate the fans and what they bring. Uh, and there's an excitement level, but I really don't think I've, – I've heard enough guys say that they don't really hear anything that happens during a game, that they're so locked in and they're only hearing each other's voices that I don't think it's going to play that big a role. It might be weirder – it might be harder almost for the veteran guys to get 
called up because to get fired up because they've been through it before. The younger guys, you know, they're going to feel the do or die nature of it, regardless of whether there's fans there. I, I think the NHL is definitely helping them by putting as much piped in noise as they are. Because even you know, when I when talking to Marcus Kruger with his experience playing in Switzerland, without it was you know he talked about how hard it was to get up for that first game and kind of understanding that. And you know, I was watching clips that P.S. Suter, the, the Blackhawks recently signed. And, Two, their, their last two games, uh, he was on Kruger's team, so their last two games there weren't any fans. And it was strange watching those games, and you kind of get used to it. And then uh, when I watched the third game, it was with the fans again, and it's Europe, so the fans are chanting all those things. So it was, just so, it was almost yeah. just such a different experience watching it. But um, I, I think having some of those noise factors in there, like you, you maybe don't hear the fans, or if it was deadly quiet, I, I think there would be a different feeling too to this. I wonder if there are advantages, though. I mean, you know, communication is so is so critical on the ice. I mean, you're going to be able to hear everything everyone's saying, you know, calling out, you know, it's not quite like basketball, but there are sometimes where you're calling out plays, you're calling for the puck, you're uh, warning a guy that a guy's coming up behind you. Uh, I wonder how the strategy of the games is going to be affected by the, the complete lack of crowd noise. I'm, I'm curious to talk to some of the guys about that um, because you hear about certain players are more vocal than others. Well, everyone's going to hear everything that everyone's saying now. Are you going to be able to figure out what the other guys are doing based on what they're saying? Are you going to be able to intercept passes because you hear a guy calling for it that you might not otherwise call for? There's so many weird, you know, small little X factors out there that we're that are going to, we're going to we're going to discover along the way here. I mean, you know, in the first couple of weeks of this, we're going to learn a lot about how these games are going to be approached, how they're going to feel, how that tension's going to be there or not be there, how that on-ice communication is going to be affected. This whole process is going to be fascinating, and I, I really can't wait to see how it plays out. Or, or even for the coaches who are usually having to yell at the lines, and I'm sure the communication on the bench is just so difficult. You're talking and behind guys. and um, I, I, yeah, From the coaching perspective, it might just be easier to communicate things on the bench and show things and not having to deal with uh, you know the people behind you yelling in the same direction that you are and um, yeah I, I hadn't thought about that too much so it'll be it'll be unique to hear kind of hear the different perspectives and um, what I don't know what you I don't know what about the you know like going into the series I, I honestly don't know what to expect I, I think I think the Blackhawks have a chance um, but I also think that uh, you know Edmonton when, when McDavid's playing like that uh, you know the, the things can go go off but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like the Blackhawks are a different team. This is almost the team the Blackhawks thought they were getting um, it, at the beginning of the season. You know, it's not Shaw and there's not Zach Smith or um, and, and Seabrook, but you know, this is uh, Boquist has now had a full season and, and Doc, and I feel like those guys are so much different from when they were. And you got DeHaan now, and you know he he started off a little bit slow last night, but. Uh, you know, his play in the defensive zone. And, you know, the defensive pairings are probably as good as they've been all season. Uh, you know, Crawford, if he can regain that form he found at the end of the season, that was as best as he was playing, and he's playing consistently. And uh, I, I look at the lines, and they're pretty balanced. And you got a fourth line that they like in a checking role. Like, I, I feel like this is the best version of Blackhawks uh, that we might have seen. And, and, and maybe there's something to that. But I also feel like the Edmonton has so many guns that it, it might not still be enough. Well, I mean, yeah, it's funny because, like, you know, when they announced the, 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 that they were going to do the 2014 format, we're like, oh, Edmonton, that's a good matchup for the Blackhawks. They could theoretically win that. And then three days into training camp, Crawford's gone, DeHaan's gone, Murphy's gone. Like, oh, they don't have a chance. And now all of a sudden they're back and they're healthy looking and 
they, like you said, they're, they're, this is the most intact roster they've had all year. And I think Doc and Boquist, they are steps up from uh, from Zach Smith and or Andrew Shaw and Brent Seabrook. So, I mean, they're better now than they were protect, projected to be at the beginning of the season as a unit. It, it, I do think they can win this series. I don't know if I would put money on them winning this series, but I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they can win this series. This is Edmonton, man. This is a cursed franchise for a long time that has very little to show for having two of the greatest players in the world. And until they prove it, you know, I come down to Corey Crawford versus Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. If Crawford's 100%, I lean towards Crawford. He's done it before, and his playoff record is fantastic. I mean, he is... You know, in, in, in 920s in, in, in both cup runs, he is a terrific clutch goaltender. And it sounds like Mike Smith's going to get the start over Koskinen because Dave Tippett is, I don't know, insane. Uh, Mike Smith is, I know he's got a history with the Blackhawks. He's beaten them in 2012 when he was with the Coyotes. Mike Smith is a totally beatable goaltender. The Hawks are just going to have to beat him a few times because they're going to give up goals. Edmonton's going to get theirs. Connor McDavid's going to get his. Leon Draisaitl's going to get his. Kaylor Yamamoto's going to get his. They're going to score goals. They're going to score power play goals. If the Blackhawks can get a power play goal a night, if they can keep up offensively, they can win these games 5-4 or 4-3, and they can win 3 out of 5 against the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers, despite having two very, very scary players, are not a scary team. It was, it was inter- I thought Carlton's answer was pretty good last night. He had been asked about Edmonton, and he had... Uh... He talked. It's going to be a little bit different than St. Louis because I think St. Louis is definitely more of an all-around team, but Edmonton's just so quick and there's so much transition hockey. And um, you know, his quote was, uh, "We know, we know they have tremendous high-end skill, particularly up front. It's going to be a challenge, especially when they play on separate lines. They're going to be on the ice for a lot of the game, so there's not going to be a, to be a break. Uh, we're going to need to be very." very detailed away from the puck and, of course, with the puck. But if we turn the puck over, that group, they're going to make us pay. The time from when they win the puck to when the puck's in the back and that you can barely blink, the awareness for guys of every five seconds is life or death. Uh, and then he went on, but it's it, – it, I feel like that's – it's such a – and I know they practice a lot. I know when we were watching it, it's just the transition game and how quickly the puck can end up one from one side to the other. And um, – yeah, I'm curious how the Blackhawks handled it. I mean, the, the last time they played against Edmonton, it was very much a track meet, and they, uh, they, they, and they, they succeeded. Like the Blackhawks got some goals. They ran Mike Smith off, and and that's probably the recipe where uh, you certainly want to stay out of the box. And um, you know, the power play is pretty good, but Edmonton's power play, if they get a chance, they're they're probably going to score. The odds are, are are pretty well favored in their advantage. So. Um, yeah, it's. I'm excited. Like it's. It's. You know, this is. Uh, obviously, we don't care whether Blackhawks win or lose, but I think this could be a really competitive and uh, and fun series. I think it's certainly of, of all the, the the twelve first round. Well, I guess it's not twelve. There's what eight first round uh, qualifying round series. Uh, I think this one has the potential to be the most entertaining. Just because the Blackhawks don't play a lot of defense, the Oilers have so much speed, it is going to be a track meet. This isn't a bar- you know the Blackhawks aren't going to suddenly become a Barry Trotz team and just lock it down. So it is going to be wide open. It's going to be whether the Blackhawks can match the Oilers, uh, you know, goal for goal here. It's going to be an exciting, fun, fast-paced series. And uh, I-, I thought Colleton's quote yesterday about how the the Blackhawks. Uh, 
they they played maturely. He said. I mean, they made a lot of mature decisions. That's going to be the telling thing because this is the youngest team in the league. Um, there's a ton of guys, 23, 22, 21, 19 on this team, and they, like you said, you can't have the momentary lapses that young players are just famous for. You can't let your guard down for a second against these guys or it's going to be in the back of your net. So it's going to be a real challenge for the Blackhawks mentally as well as physically. If they can really lock in, that's one thing they haven't done this year is play 60-minute games. Too often they would take a period off, take a few shifts in a row off, and a couple goals would be in in, in their net and the game would be over. That's what they have to avoid. They have to come in there and be so mentally sharp and focused that they don't have those lapses that just immediately are turned into goals by McDavid and Dreisaitl. The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back out on the court. While the ending of this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement. And there is no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To celebrate their turn of basketball, DraftKings will have not one, but two $1 million top prizes through the first two days of the resumed season. So get in on all of the action now. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy basketball is easy to play. Just pick eight players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for three-pointers, rebounds, assists, and more. There's no better way to put your basketball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. But if basketball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this week's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there's no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN, R-U-N, to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN, R-U-N, to get a free shot at millions of dollars with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Most of our listeners are in and around Chicago. What better way to promote your ads than through our show? Our listeners are loyal and engaged, just like you. What better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast, Laz and Powers? To advertise in this very show, just go to www.theathletic.com slash podcast ads. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-A-D-S, podcast ads. I feel like the NHL has done a pretty good job with the whole setup and from what I've seen at Edmonton and Toronto, and it's... Uh, you know, it's the first week of them, but it, you know, Keenan had even said that, you know, more of the time will now be spent just watching hockey and playing hockey. But um, by, from all accounts, I mean, the, this is, you know, the fact that they didn't enter the bubble with, with many cases and certainly been able to, uh, yeah, keep, keep the virus from, you know, entering the bubble. It's, uh, I didn't think the, I didn't think they'd get this far, you know, like, but it's no, I didn't now either. that they, now they've gotten here like this, this could, they can complete this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it, this is a very foreign thing to say. It sounds strange, but kudos to the NHL and Gary Bettman. They've done a really good job with this. I mean, everything has been done right. They they made. I know they desperately wanted it to be in Vegas and not Edmonton, but they made the right decision by moving it to Edmonton. Getting out of the United States was the correct idea. The bubble seemed to be really secure. Everyone seems to be happy with how it is. The numbers are great. The testing is great, and nobody's coming up positive. There's no well now that they're in the bubble. There's no reason to think that they can't finish this off, and I never would have expected that. A month ago, I was like, "This is this is fun to talk about, and I'm glad people want to read about things for a month." But there's no way we're watching hockey now. I fully expect the Stanley Cup to be awarded sometime in October, and that's exciting because I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm a huge baseball guy. I've been watching the Mets every night, and every day I'm like, "This might be the last Mets game I see this year." 
because I just with what's happened with the Marlins and they're they're traveling all the time and they're they're you know guys are going out to dinners and stuff you know they're not in any kind of bubble situation at all. I see no chance for that to succeed and it saddens me. But the NHL and to a lesser extent the NBA you know NBA going to Orlando is dicey because Florida going to Florida. Um, but so far the, the, this is the way to do it. You, you know I, I, I have a, an epidemiologist who is. Uh, from my town here in Indiana, who's been prolific on Facebook throughout this, uh, he talked at length about it recently, and it's yeah, the, the bubble situations will work if the bubbles are well constructed and designed and maintained. There's no reason this can't work, and that's what we're seeing. It's you know the the, the bubbles working, guys are healthy, players aren't complaining, uh, the hockey's good, the the setup at the rink is good. I'm curious to see what happens the first time there's a triple overtime game and the whole schedule gets blown up. And, you know, is, is the late game, which is the Blackhawks on games two and three, is that going to start at like 1 a.m. Eastern time? I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, but I'm fat. I'm, I'm really hoping it happens, frankly, because I want to see what happens. But I want to see chaos. I want to just watch the world burn. But so far, I mean, this has gone off without a hitch. You really couldn't have asked for much more. So the big question is, if you're a Blackhawks fan, should you be rooting for them to win this? or Yes! Yes. Or, or should you be rooting no. for the lose first you should not for be, the top pick? You should not be rooting for a 12.5% chance at Alexis Lafreniere. I don't... But is, is it 12.5 chance greater than your chances of winning a Stanley Cup? Well, I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a fan and I'm going to get at least two rounds of playoffs, I would take two rounds of playoffs after not being in the last couple of years. This is going to be the most wide-open, weird-ass tournament ever in the history of the NHL. And there's no reason that, you know, the why not us cliche really applies here. And you know you're not going to get Lafreniere probably if you lose. You're still seven out of eight times not going to get Lafreniere. Win, go win, go enjoy the hockey. If they lose, you have that in the back of your mind that at least at least you get a consolation prize. You have a chance at this. You should not be rooting for your team to lose ever, ever in the playoffs. If it's like the Buffalo and uh, 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 Edmonton situation a few years ago when it was the McDavid and Eichel draft. All right, at that point of the season, you're probably better off losing. You do not root for your team to lose playoff games. If you do that, you're a shitty fan. <laughs> um, I- I'm curious. A lot of the fans' experiences going to the bars to watch these games, and it's such a big bar get-together. And uh, two things are in play, obviously. Well, three things probably. The one, there's a virus. Two, the bars close at least uh, 11 o'clock in, in Chicago. Um, so the games are can't even be you can't even go to the bar and watch the game for that long. Um, so, Good, don't and, go to bars. We're not past yeah. this yet. But yeah, I'm just curious how some fans' experience will just be different for these playoffs than they are previously, where it's probably it's more of let's all get together and go watch the game. And now, I mean, I mean, but isn't that what social media is? I mean, we're all watching the game together, whether we're whether you and I are at the rink or not. We're all watching the game together. You and I are in Slack. We're on Twitter. You might text. You can set up a Zoom call with your buddies. There's ways to still have fun with this. I mean, we're all I'm adapting. Actually, I'm, I'm just bringing up the, the the actual fact that it's going to be different. It just, oh, it is. It is. I feel it's like not, everything I'm saying now, you're just shooting down and no. saying that I'm. In the- <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's not going. It's not going to be as fun as it was in 2010, 2013, 2015. There's no way around that fact. But I think you could still really embrace the weirdness, embrace the stupidity of all this. And, and just allow yourself to have an, I, I've been watching, like I said, I've been watching the Mets and I'm yelling at the screen and I know this is all stupid <laughs> and work. I haven't been able to do that in like five months. It's exciting just to be able to watch something you care about with games that have some relevance to it. it, it, it it's, it's cathartic. And I think this is, you know, it won't be as fun as it is to do the communal way of doing it, but you can really tap into that emotion that you've been just like bottling up inside for, four, that's what sports is for. Sports is, allows you to release your hate 
your anger, your, you know, your excitement in healthy ways that don't hurt other people. It's fun to just, you know, curse at a referee through a TV screen because nobody's getting hurt by that. You need that, that catharsis. And this is going to bring that back. And I think there's a lot of pent up frustration in, in North America right now. And we can all let it out while screaming at the TV during stupid hockey games in front of no fans. It'll be great. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know what our, our schedule is, but I, I imagine we'll just probably record uh, early next week between maybe between the games or something like that. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll try to still do a consistent podcast throughout the uh, throughout the playoffs here. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It'll be uh, uh, something different for all of us, and uh, we'll have coverage uh, throughout the playoffs. And I, I think we're going to try to do what we did last night a little bit, have some observations after the game and come back with, with more stories and analysis and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's and it's for the it's the first time you and I have covered uh, covered the playoffs together. And obviously, this is uh, that's right. Yeah, a lot more fun to be in Edmonton. But uh, well, we've covered playoffs together. We covered 2013, 2014, 2015. But we haven't. We're, we're, we're like competitive on the same point, side. Though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That'll no, be fun. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, well, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Laz and Powers, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.